Good evening and welcome to our weekly Bible study. And as you know, we're drawing towards the end of the book of Job. And I'm just going to read to you Job 42, the first six verses. I know we read these verses last week, but we're going to consider them again this evening. So Job 42, starting to read at verse 1. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. You asked, Who is this? that obscures my counsel without knowledge. Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now, and I will speak. I will question you, and you shall answer me. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself, and I repent in dust and ashes. Shall we pray? Our Father, again, we thank you for this uh, time that we can gather as we gather around your word, and we just pray that you will just open these words up to us, that we might understand and know more of who you are through this book of Job. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, as I mentioned last week, we ended by reminding ourselves that Job has heard all that Eliphaz, Bildad and Zophar have said. And he's listened to Eliu. And in chapters 38 through to 41, Job has listened to the Lord. Now, here is about to answer the Lord for the second time. Everything that has been said to Eliphaz, Bildad, Zophar, Eliu and the Lord have had an influence on the answer that Job will give. Well, let's think about this, and I did mention this last week as well, a few questions for us to think about. Have his friends been any help to him? And we said the answer was no. Has the Lord told Job that he is, why he is suffering? No, he hasn't. Has the Lord praised Job for his perseverance? No. And we know that Job has persevered and he has suffered. Has the Lord told Job that he would bless him? And the answer is, no, he hasn't. Has the Lord told Job that he's pleased with him? And the answer is, no. It's another question. Is Job still suffering? Yes, he is. Does Job know for certain that it's the Lord who has allowed him to suffer? And yes, he does. So last week we said, will Job continue to defend his innocence and curse God for allowing him to be uh, the state that he is in? Bearing in mind that up to now, as we've already mentioned, the Lord has done nothing to ease his pain and Job is still in agony. So this evening, let's find out. What is revealed here in chapter 42 is that Job knows far more now than he knew in chapter 40. When the Lord for the first time asked Job to answer him, we can read in chapter 40 verse 1 to 5, this is what Job said when the Lord said to Job, will the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? Let him who accuses God answer him. Then Job answered the Lord, I'm unworthy. How can I reply to you? I put my hand over my mouth. I spoke once, but I have no answer. Twice, but I will say no more. 
Now, on that occasion, Job saw himself as he begins to realize and come to grips with his own unworthiness in the presence of God. This is the God of creation. The Lord then continued to speak to Job. And in the rest of chapter 40 through to chapter 42, when Job will speak again to God. And this is the passage that we're looking at this evening. So let's go to Job 42 and look through verse 1 to 6. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. Notice how Job, rather than speak about what he knows about himself, he now speaks about what he knows about God. You see, the Lord has not answered any of Job's questions. But what he's done is he has shown Job more about who he is. He is the almighty God whose will cannot be changed. He is who he said he is. That name that he has, that name, I am. He's the God of creation. More than that, he's the God of all things. He is the Lord of all things. He is in control of all things. Things that go beyond Job's capacity to fully understand. Things that Job has no right to question. And Job also sees that he is the God who loves him. You see, God's love is seen in how he has listened to everything that Job has said right from the beginning. He's now spoken to Job and he has allowed Job to speak to him. You know, this takes us back to Job chapter 9 where we have Job's prayer, Job's his appeal, Job's longing. I'm just going to read verse 32 through to 35 of Job 9. This is what he said about God then. He's not a mere mortal like me that I might answer him, that we might confront each other in court. If only there were someone to mediate between us, someone to bring us together, someone to remove God's rod from me, so that his terror would frighten me no more than I would speak up without fear of him. But as it now stands with me, I cannot. You see, Job longed for a mediator, a mediator who could talk to God on Job's behalf. But the Lord here will speak directly to Job in the way that he would many years later speak to Moses. Now, we don't have any details of how he did that other than we know that he did. But what we do know is how the Lord speaks to us today. You know, we can also go to 1 Timothy 2 verse 5. It's a verse that we've quoted before as we've been through this book of Job. And it says there, For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. And in order for that to happen, it was God's will 
that the righteous one would suffer. As we've seen, Job, as being a forerunner of the sufferings of Jesus, later in this passage, we're going to see that he is also a forerunner of Jesus, the mediator. But let's go back now and continue as, as we listen to what Job has to say to the Lord. Job 42 verse 3 You asked who this who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge surely I spoke of things I didn't understand things too wonderful for me to know stop for a moment because here Job reflects on how the Lord sees him as one who has questioned the purpose of God's will the purpose of God's will for his, Job's life. And he sees that he, Job, did that in ignorance and arrogance because he didn't know the Lord as well as he knows him now. So in verse 4 he said, Listen now, I will speak. Or he's reminded us of what the Lord said to him. Verse 4, you said, listen now and I will speak. I will question you and you shall answer me. So Job was already aware of his own unworthiness. When he heard the Lord speak about the power and control that the Lord has over the natural world. We looked at that in chapters 38 and 39. He now knows that the Lord is the almighty God who rules over the supernatural world. You see, Job has seen the evilness of the power that holds humanity captive as expressed in the imagery of the beer moth and the Leviathan. But he's seen that these evil, powerful things that can strike fear into the heart of man, and they should, because of what they are. But they are also subject to God, God who is in control. So in verse 5, Job says this, this is a confession he makes, My ears have heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Do you get that? You can see the progression of what Job knew about God, and they were great things, but now he knows even greater things. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. What Job now knows about the Lord goes way and, and far above what he had known about him before. He's heard him speak about the deeper things that were beyond Job's comprehension. He knew that God was big and strong and mighty. But he never realized until, until now just how big and how strong and how mighty God is. Listen to what he says in verse 6. Job said this, Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. 
Job repents because of the wrong things that he said during his suffering. Job's regret is that he has questioned the Lord's will. And he regrets the fact that he's undermined the Lord's wisdom. We know that Job is a good man. We're told that at the beginning. And he's held on to his integrity. We know that God said there's no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. In the first answer that Job gave, he, he saw that he, Job, was unworthy in the presence of God. But in the second answer, he knows that God is worthy. You see, Job sees beyond his pain. He sees beyond his discomfort. He sees something of the bigger picture of who God is. So he humbles himself in the presence of God. And when Job says that he now sees these things, it's because spiritually, his, his spiritual eyes have been opened. I want us just to think for a moment. On a human level, we take so much for granted why? Because we don't know or understand the amount of effort and hard work that's gone into giving us the things that make our lives so much easier. But here's the question for this evening as we consider this passage. Do we really acknowledge the depth and love and the suffering and the pain that's gone into bringing us eternal life? You know, I want to draw to a close as we have reminded ourselves of these things and as we can go away and, and think about them there's the words of a hymn by a man called Mark Kinzer I just want to quote those few words here as we draw towards the close this evening worthy oh worthy are you Lord worthy oh worthy are you Lord worthy to be thanked and praised and worshipped and adored worthy oh worthy are you Lord Worthy to be thanked and praised and worshipped and adored. Sing hallelujah, lamb upon the throne. We worship and adore you, make your glory known. Hallelujah, glory to the king. You're more than a conqueror. You're Lord of everything. This is what Job has learned as he has listened to God as God spoke to him. And one of the lessons that we can learn from the answer that Job gave is that Job didn't need to know the answer why. See, that's what he was involved in. He wanted to know why. Why is God allowing this to happen? When all the time, what he needed to know was the who of who God is. God is the one who... We, like Job, can trust as we rest in knowing who he is and knowing that he is in control. He is the God who is allowing Job to suffer. And when Job reaches this conclusion, which is the right conclusion, remember, he's still suffering. He's still in the same state he was when these conversations began. But God is the one who we can trust. He's the one who allowed his own son to suffer. To suffer for you and for me. Let's pray. 
Oh, Father, we pray this evening that we will search for and find a greater appreciation of who you are. And through that, we see the depth of our own unworthiness, but also through that, we see the depth of the love that you have for us. So, our Father, we thank you that you bless us in this way. And we come to you and ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, some things for us to think about there. Next week, the Lord's going to speak again. This time, he's going to speak to Eliphaz and his two friends. So we can look forward to seeing what we can learn from that. In the meantime, let's just say amen to what we've learned already. Amen.